Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. I'm Kevin. And I'm Mike. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look back at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. <laughs> Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. everybody welcome back we are proceeding with our series on terminator yeah, I, am, yeah. <laughs> I am so lucky to have founding six degrees of schwarzenegger member mike with us again what's good and we are also blessed to be joined by uh our our good friend and new guest kevin welcome back kevin hey thanks for having me again i'm glad i earned my <laughs> spot back yeah dude absolutely man um first of all what are we all drinking tonight, boys? Uh, Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> what do you I got am, over there in that tall I'm glass? Drinking a, I, this was more than a pint. I don't know how big this can was. It gives the, the true name of tall boy to a tall boy. It is a uh, hazy IPA from Double Nickel Brewery in uh, New Jersey. Nice. I'm so, a big fan of hazy IPAs. Yeah, man, for yeah. sure. That's, uh, yeah, Kevin is coming to us from like the Philadelphia area. That's that right. right. Heart of Philadelphia. <laughs> well, I am drinking a little bourbon tonight. I always try to drink some bourbon when we're talking about Schwarzenegger. I'm drinking a uh, Widow Jane Ten Year Bourbon. It's pretty solid. Very I just nice. cracked it open. It was a gift from our other uh, co-host John, who's not with us tonight, but he's with us in spirit. So all that slurring you heard was actually the <laughs> bourbon, not. <Kevin. laughs> so you, might, you, drinking, you might say that he's with us in spirits. Spirits, <laughs> yes. So oh. I'm going old school here, and I'm drinking a, a Tallboy uh, Sweetwater 420, representing uh, Atlanta here. That's Atlanta's flagship beer. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, normally, I would be drinking like a, a juicy, I, a hazy IPA, but um, yeah, I got this 420. Mike showed up is, empty-handed tonight, so yeah, he's got to drink what I got for him. If I don't have a beer, that's you know something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we're back to talk some more about Terminator I feel like it's the movie that really sort of launched Arnold into the stratosphere as a as a superstar. Um, I will try to a little bit bring us up to track on what's been happening in the movie. Uh, the year is 1984, but it's also like 2029, right? Um, Skynet, evil Skynet, has like sent uh, an, a robot killer, the Terminator, back in time to try to kill Sarah Connor. The good guys also were able to send back one warrior, this dude named Kyle Reese. So I think they are both like they're both trying to find Sarah. They yeah. they finally like all converged at this nightclub and there was a big shootout. Sarah wasn't sure who to trust, but uh, she ended up going with Reese. And I think they're in a car and they're on the run from the Terminator. Yeah. How right about now. trust the guy that's not trying to kill you and trust the you know? Except Reese did look like skeezy as hell, right? <laughs> yeah. Like he looked like a homeless man. He was wearing homeless man clothes. Well, and yeah, literally, dirty I was about to say he was that. wearing homeless man's clothes. <laughs> literally, <laughs> the pants bandit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that brings us up to speed. So uh, I'll pick us up on the plot here. 
basically Reese, he's speeding through the streets of Los Angeles. He's weaving, weaving around in traffic, fucking no headlights on. I think like, I'm thinking in the future, maybe just you'd never would use headlights. Maybe it helps the machines see you or something. Sure. But I mean, he still has to see, right? Like, like, and I guess that's like a kind of a take on his, his powers are kind of like a Terminator. Like he's that in tune with, with, um, he's like adjusted. Yeah. He's the, adjusted to but everything. I do, there was plenty of street lights and stuff. Like it was bright enough. You could see, I guess, as it is in, in a big city, but. I just feel like you are very conspicuous driving around with no headlights. I was about to say, like, like driving with no headlights is a thing in the Terminator universe, and nobody ever gets pulled over by like a random cop. Like, why don't you have your headlights on? <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would just break up the the, <laughs> yeah. the rhythm of yeah. The chase. Like nobody ever gets like a jaywalking ticket. Like that would just be boring. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah is in the car. Also, she's like in shock. She's speechless. Reese is asking her if she's okay. She's not answering. He he thinks she's been shot. I think. He's concerned for her safety, clearly. I yeah. feel like that should be, like, clear to her. He kind of isn't... I understand the the circumstances, especially for Reese. Like, she doesn't know what's going on, but Reese knows what's going on. So he's very um, intense throughout this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if he had if he had been, like, I don't know. I, don't, I think nurturing is the wrong word. But if he had been a little softer, like, talking to her, like... Which he probably like would have. her into it. He probably would have if the Terminator wasn't, like, right, right behind there. Him, you yeah, know? yeah. But I mean, yeah. I think that she was wary because she was trying to figure out what's going on, and then you have Reese yelling at her at her at the same time. So he yeah, it's, no, it's got to be scary as yeah, hell. Yeah. I would think. So she's not answering. He reaches over to try to like check and see if she's okay. She starts screaming and tries to open up the door of the car and jump out. I don't really blame her for it. Um, Reese is like grabbing her and everything like that. This strikes like a great tone between. Is this like a rescue, right? Or is it a kidnapping? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. you know, he's not necessarily speaking like a like a rescuer at this moment. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He he needed to come off like I don't I don't again, not not nurturing. That's the totally wrong word. But if there's a word well, out like there, he, he comes he in hot. Press, he comes in like he's abducted. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. If he, could, if he could call like a timeout and say timeout and everything freezes and let me explain to you what's going on, he probably would. But you know, as he, it yeah, is, he knows he doesn't like, have time to do he's that. He's driving yeah. 100 miles an hour, no headlights on, and trying to tell her, like, you know, don't do anything unless I say. Yeah. So, yeah, it's got to be scary as hell. Maybe it would have been useful for the cops to pull him over for the no headlights just to give him a heat check and be like, okay, like, let's, let's, ground, <laughs> let's get, get you grounded in the moment. Like, recognize what's <laughs> happening here. Honestly, would that have been a good idea, though, to get Sarah into the protection of the police? Like... I understand that he is the only one that feels Reese is the only one that feels like he can protect Sarah. Right. Um, but if he had gotten her into the protection of the police and they had seen what this Terminator can do, then wouldn't they try to protect her? I mean, like then you'd have more people trying to protect her than just Reese on the run. Does that make sense? It, it does. It makes you wonder what exact instructions were given to him. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, because, I mean, obviously, though, like, no one's going to believe this story, right, as we see later. So it's kind of like, or even if they think they've got her safe, like, is she really safe? Because they don't really know what they're up against. Yeah, nobody is going to believe the story until the Terminator comes in and blows up an entire police department. Which, is it too late by then? Like, if he wasn't hey, there, you know. You got to crack a couple of eggs. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I also just felt like Reese is kind of driving like a maniac, like, for having such precious, you know, precious cargo on board. 
it's like he could easily just plow into another car and like yeah. Sarah dies in a car crash, and then then it's all for nothing. Yeah. But um, he's he's telling Sarah that he's Reese. He's a soldier that's been assigned to protect her. He says she's been targeted for termination. So the plot thickens. Meanwhile, the Terminator, he's driving around in this police cruiser that he had stolen off that little kind of nerdy cop at yeah, the end yeah, of the yeah. last episode. Yeah. He's scanning the streets for signs of Reese and Sarah. When he earlier had gone through the fire, I think it burned his hair and it burned his eyebrows off. So Arnold kind of looks weird the rest of the movie. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, I was always, if that, is that a bad wig? I think they like, I, I, I could be a wig, I guess. Or maybe they gave him, maybe they chopped his hair. It, it, yeah, it does definitely stand out. I was always like, his hair is like jail to the max or something like yeah. that. And it, is, he looks like plasticky sort of yeah. the rest of the movie, but I think it's because people look weird without eyebrows. He does look like a wet, like the wax, like, like Madame Tussauds version of himself. Yeah. 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 I've never, I never thought about that until right now. Yeah. No, it's, that's awkward. But we, we see that he can mimic the voice of the policeman. He's using his radio, which is a fucking like badass capability for the Terminator to have so useful. Um, and it makes sense, right? If you're a machine, like you're basically just sort of whatever you you sample this guy's voice, kind of anyone that you hear. So Sarah insists to Reese that he's made some kind of a mistake because she hasn't done anything. And he's telling her, you know, but you will like, it's important that you live. So she's very confused. Like how she says, how did that man keep getting up after he was shot or whatever? And Reese explains it's not a man, it's a machine, a Terminator, Cyberdyne Systems Model 101. Now, just then, a police car appears, and Reese runs it into, like, another car that's <laughs> parked there. I, that's one thing that's always kind of bothered me about this movie, is that Reese, who's the good guy, is constantly on the run from, like, the police and the Terminator, whereas the Terminator, who's the bad guy literally just strolls through the city yeah like no worries i mean he could be like skipping and whistling dixie wouldn't. i feel like we we talked about this previously and it is it's like he's he's the one out here like straight killing people yeah i mean and he seems to be there's no like all points bulletin out for him it is, it's all about reese let's get reese let's get reese and it's nothing about like they had to have like when he killed the first sarah connor and there daylight, was witnesses everywhere right yeah little like, kids the neighbors everybody had to be like yeah there was a six foot four 280 pound muscle bound man that just mm -hmm. shot this woman but yeah nothing about her let's go get the guy who stole pants from a homeless man <laughs> it's like the 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 menace of the city or whatever he's like <laughs> um but reese also when this all happened like he sort of grabbed sarah and shoved her down low like i'm, I'm thinking that he thought it was probably the terminator in the police car at that moment that's what i was thinking like because otherwise he was real rough with her like the way yeah, he grabbed her to push her down low, like as if maybe oh, to protect yeah, yeah. her from getting shot or mm -hmm, something like yeah. that. So now another police car joins in the pursuit. Reese leads it down an alley, crashes it too. All the while, he's explaining to Sarah basically that the Terminator is not a um, human. It's a cyborg, a cybernetic organism, which I feel like was sort of like a new-ish new type yeah. concept. For the early then. 80s. Although I didn't watch a lot of the sci-fi from back then. Like I think of um, what's dude from Alien, the first Alien, who was sort of a Ash. No, was it Ash? Yeah, it was oh, Ash. The, yeah, the one yeah. that was Ian Holm, who was like a, I guess, a cybernetic organism or something. I, like mean, that. I mean, I think that stuff existed, but you had to be like super nerd to read to read like um, 
uh, like all the science fiction. Yeah, like all paid dicks. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, you had to yeah, like, like see into cyberpunk, deep into that, like cyberpunk yeah. stuff. Yeah, you had to be deep yeah. into that kind of stuff to to really get that, which I'm sure Cameron was. Cameron like made it mainstream, mm-hmm. you know, and him and others like George Lucas, obviously, yeah. and other shit like that, um, Spielberg stuff. But um, yeah, he says basically the Terminator is an infiltration unit, part man, part machine. Underneath, it's a hyper alloy combat chassis microprocessor controlled fully armored very tough outside is living human tissue flesh skin hair blood grown for the cyborgs it's like crazy ass dialogue oh if you're yeah. hearing that in the early 80s it's definitely like this this person is on lsd <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's genius though to have all of this like exposition type shit coming mm-hmm. during the middle of a car chase because it sort of doesn't feel like normally this type of stuff would slow the movie down. Sure, but again, it was like so new to the audience, right? Yeah, like they were just like, "Oh, what? What's all that stuff?" Right. <laughs> so I'm still like that. <laughs> no, it's still a badass concept. It's still such it feels so original and fresh mm-hmm. and everything like that to me. Anyway, but, how do they, how do they grow skin and organs for? I mean, obviously, we kind of doing that now though. Like what yeah. about like, like like that synthetic meat and stuff like that? This oh, being they're growing? growing like ears off of mice. Yeah, and stuff I think like so. That. Yeah, like I feel like it was just like a matter of time until the science caught up with people's imagination or whatever. It's awesome, really. So basically, you just insert the Terminator skeleton inside the flesh. Right. the The thing I wonder is how do you keep the flesh sort of alive? Yeah. Wouldn't you think there'd be like a like it has to have a cir- circulatory system and stuff? I would. Or think. maybe there's or, just. But like, maybe there's a pump inside the Terminators doing or that. Or maybe shit. there's an expiration date we just don't know about. Oh yeah, they could yeah. like start rotting or whatever. Yeah. No. Well, no. Although we get that s- last Terminator movie that just came out, the one where it's like a, a forty, uh, like a Terminator has oh, been yeah. roaming around Earth for like forty years or whatever. Also, and in, I think in Terminator. Two or is it Terminator Three? You know Terminator Three, where doesn't he say he has like a life cycle of like a thousand years or something like that? Oh, is that right? I don't so know. Like when he line. throws away like his processor, his microprocessor, and it explodes. It's like a nuclear processor. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, he yeah. says he has like a lifespan of like ten thousand years. I mean, that would be a huge crazy. oversight for the machines to be like, we've created like a nuclear processor that keeps it alive <laughs> for ten thousand years. But like the flesh rots within twenty, like you know, twenty eight hours. Or so basically, like it's like a walking zombie. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like a banana or something. Yeah. Like it just like it starts turning, like changing color or whatever. Oh, it's gone bad. Yeah, um, that's crazy. But so Reese whips the car into this parking deck. Says they got to switch cars. Basically, he explains that the older Terminators had rubber skin. They were easy to spot, but these new ones are like impossible. Says they look human. They have sweat, bad breath, everything. Except they're all six foot four and muscle bound. Like that's got to be a telltale, right? Yeah, that's true. Like, does every does every T eight hundred look like Arnold? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, or they're similar, right? The same type of build. Yeah, same type of build. I mean, well, build yeah, a, if you got that size skeleton underneath, I guess yeah. the 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 man or whatever is build a Terminator that that's a little little old lady, right? And you never see it coming. Although you know? they, the liquid, may they perfected it with the liquid metal, maybe because that could take any form. Yeah. Yeah, but even in even in like one of the, well, I guess it's a flash forward, not a flash back. When he's in like the barracks in the future, the, there is yeah. one that infiltrates, and it looks like a normal dude, kind of. That was, um, we'll get to it, but that's like he was another bodybuilder. Yeah, that I was think that he was Franco, like a, that was Franco Colombo. He didn't look really? like Arnold, but he yeah, was like he a was big like a, bodybuilder. But yeah. he wasn't six four. He was more like he was like a middleweight bodybuilder. Uh-huh. He was in the weight class below Arnold. He's like Arnold's best friend, I think. 
or maybe one of his best friends who died recently, I mm. think. Yeah. I thought um, uh, Sven Ole Thorsen, like, and yeah, that's that was, was like their crew or whatever. Yeah, that, I thought that was his homie. Roided up like crew, <laughs> all riding motorcycles together and shit. Um, but uh, yeah, so Reese says basically he didn't he didn't know this thing was the Terminator until it walked right up on him and pulled the gun. I call bullshit on that. Like he saw him walk into the club. Hey, there's this six foot. Now I'm not saying he should have just blasted him, but he had to have a clue that that was the Terminator, right? Well, I dig that. Um, like it's genius. It's the genius of Cameron that he made like a weakness, a limitation that he had probably as a filmmaker into a strength where it was like, you know, you couldn't have a robot the whole movie. You didn't have the special effects for that. So you needed to make a robot that looked like a man. Right, so that you could just have a human being being the actor, like, but then it it becomes a strength of the plot of the movie. I think that he blends in. Yeah, but I also think you can't just have a robot running around in reality either. Well, yeah, well, I mean, nothing's stopping the Terminator, but yeah, you're right. Like the army would get involved. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. We always joke around, and in, in the movie Commando, the Schwarzenegger flick, like they just talk about the federal people, and they never really say who the fuck that is. Like, oh, get, let's call the federal people. I it's mean, like, what is that? So the federal people would we, show up and shut this Terminator now, down. We all know there's the government, and then there's the government, right? You got the Men in Black, and exactly. All that type shit. There's stuff that Arnold knows that we don't know, and I like it that way. <laughs> but yeah, Sarah, Sarah says, you know, that type of technology that does not exist yet. And Reese says, no, but it doesn't exist, not for about 40 years. So she's like, wait, are you saying you're from the future? And he says, and I dig this, he says, it's, I'm from one possible future. Like he admits that he doesn't really even understand it all himself. But I feel like that's like an early example of like a multiverse yeah, type yeah. of theory. Like it's very we deep. could change it, right? So I'm from one possible future, maybe not the only future that could ever happen. I dig that. Yeah, that means Cameron sat around and had that conversation about, like, you know, if we send this guy back to the past, what's that going to mean for, like, new future timelines? Like, he had to have that conversation yeah. in order to put that line in there, which is I always cool. wonder about this shit because, I mean, this can't, this literally can't be the first time that this shit's played. Like, we'll get to it later because it, it will fuck you up, but it's like a chicken or the egg situation where how could... How could there be a John Connor existing to send Reese back if Reese hadn't already been sent back to yeah. father John Connor? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. If you, we'll, we'll, we can talk about it at length later. I think I think I have it like in my in my to-do list. Well, I think, like I think shit that's we've the, got to examine. I think that's the beauty of movies is they don't require you to think that much. It was like, look at the look at what's on screen and just follow that. Cause I think if you start thinking too much about especially like um uh movies that uh go into the future in the past um then your head will explode mm -hmm. <laughs> i will say as time travel movies go this one like is the the plot is buttoned up pretty tight mm, yeah I think. like it's well, tightly wound you kept it you have a simple right like it's not like yeah, back yeah, in the yeah. future where you go back in the past and then you go back into the same past as the same person although i think like, back that's to the future much. might be like wound up about as tight also as any plot any time time travel plot yeah. like it seems like there's it's airtight but so Sarah says, wait, are you so you're from the future too? Reese says, yes. I don't even know what you would think if you were in her shoes and like someone's telling you all this shit. Like, could you possibly believe them? No, nah, I think I, I, I think at the, at the point where he's describing a cybernetic organism 
I'm like, uh, this guy's on drugs. And then hits me with time travel. And I'm like, okay, this drugs and insanity. I, I would be, <laughs> yeah. I'd probably disassociate. I'd be like, I'm out. I'm just, I can't. So you sound like the policeman. You sound like uh, that doctor, uh, whatever, Silverman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coming to you later. Like, you're like, oh, hell no. I mean, I don't blame you. Like, I don't see how you could possibly buy this yet, right? Except someone did try to kill you, and this guy did try to save you, it seems like. And you, so, and you yeah. did see him get up, I guess, multiple times after being, like, blasted with a sure. sawed-off shotgun. So we've we've seen the movie, right? So if somebody busted into this house right now with a shotgun and tried to kill us, my next thought wouldn't be, oh, that guy's from the future, right? Like, mm -hmm. And if somebody—you would be so stressed that I don't know if your mind could comprehend all of that. So maybe that's why she's kind of like, well, what, like, what the hell is going on right now? You yeah, know? I think that's where Sarah is. Is like, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but this is all kind of unbelievable. Yeah, right? we like we would get it because we've seen plenty of movies. <laughs> we've right? seen enough movies. <laughs> yeah, we're willing to believe anything. I'd be like, yeah, sure, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> Sarah acts like she sort of buys into what he's saying, and then she tries to escape again. And Reese grabs her and she bites down on his hand like really hard, and uh, he 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 sort of stops her and says, you know, cyborgs don't feel pain, but I do. And she went deep, like... Yeah, yeah. Because I, I noticed, like, on my Blu-ray or whatever, he's got, like, a big old sort of, like, bloody, almost, like, chunk out of his hand or whatever. I'm, I mean, like, I think Cameron is basically trying to say that Reese is a Terminator, but just a human. Yeah, he's like, yeah. But he's a human. It was some restraint from Reese not to just, like, punch her in the face, too. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, But so she she begs for him to just let her go. He's like, this is one of the standout bits of dialogue, I think. He's like, you know, listen and understand the Terminator is out there. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear, and it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. Yeah, there's like a, a gravitas to that to that line right there. James right? Cameron's a hell of a writer. Yeah. I think. And I think that gets sort of reused in, in, in later films. And doesn't she sort of reiterate a similar line to her son in T2. Like, I feel like there's a similar, like, yeah, yeah. Like, kinda, yeah. Yeah. She definitely becomes Reese in Terminator yeah. two. I mean, there's a lot of repetition in the whole franchise of like reusing sort of lines and things like that, which is, is it fan service or is it like intentional? I don't really know, but, um, she sort of, he puts so much passion into it that it seems like she sort of believes him or at least she believes that he believes it. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the first time viewer that I was watching this with had said, like, even if you didn't believe Reese, you might still roll with him because at least he seems very serious about keeping you alive. And, and protecting you from that other guy that you saw yeah. try to kill you. Yeah. So she asked Reese, can you kill this? Can you kill the Terminator? And he says, I don't know. With these weapons, I don't know. Which is also like a great line because it sets up for like, you just don't know what's going to happen in this plot. Like this, this dude's indestructible or whatever. Is it possible for Reese? Because the Terminator doesn't have like a, he doesn't have like a homing beacon or like a tra a tracker inside Sarah, right? So is it possible that Reese could come there and then he flies her off to Hawaii and then she's ne and she changes her name? Yeah, yeah. And I think then, that's the plan. So the right? Terminator never finds her. I think that's the plan is to whisk her off somewhere in the world where she'd be hidden. It's weird though, because by doing that, right, you're changing the future. Like you're changing how how could she meet John's dad then? 
if she wasn't living the life that she was meant to have been living. Other than the fact that we know. Yeah. yeah. It's all very weird, but yes, I have theories about that too. But, um, I think that was his plan is to like get her out of the city and off the grid. And then the Terminator would never be able to find her again. Sure. Cause he has no way to communicate with the future or anything like that. And do you think that they would, uh, eventually try to stop? Cause he, cause Reese knows that there's a, a, a nuclear war coming, right? You think they would try to eventually stop that? I feel like his mission is just to keep Sarah keep alive Sarah. so that John Connor can can beat Skynet mm-hmm. or whatever later. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like, it, We'll get to this too, but yes, trying to stop the war is like the most logical thing mm-hmm. to try to do, right? Well, and I think um, as soon as they introduce that line about, yeah, from one possible future, it introduces so mm-hmm. many possibilities of what they could do once that's that's that they hear that, right? Sure. You know what you could have done with this franchise that would have been crazy is like having different Terminators from different timelines coming back to the same, you know, 1984 before the timeline sort of forked off, like like the alternate 1985. Mm, yeah. Or like different Terminators with different capabilities and stuff like that, you know. But, I mean, they kind of do that anyway. But Or send I a think, Terminator to kill Sarah Connor's dad or exactly. something like that. <laughs> they, except that Cameron, because he's a genius, he, like, explained all this. He said, we don't know anything about Sarah Connor. Oh, yeah, that's right. Except that, like, all the records were lost in the war. The only thing we know is that in 1984, she was living in Los Angeles. I don't even know how they know that, but and nothing else. But they don't know, you know, what hospital she was born in or anything, yeah. or her birthday or who her parents. Like they don't know anything except we can find her in 1984 in Los Angeles. Yeah, so that definitely explains why they never go back any farther than her. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's pretty great, man. Um, but so the Terminator, he's still cruising, he's scanning the streets. Arnold is an effective performer when he doesn't have to talk. Like when he's just being <laughs> silent. Like he really gives a great performance. Like he looks menacing and all that type shit that you want. Um, another police cruiser spots the car that Reese had been driving in that parking garage and puts out the call on the radio. Terminator hears that and he whips a U-turn in the middle of the road and heads out. It's like, oh shit. And nobody's, nobody's ever trying to catch the Terminator, right? It's, uh, yeah, that was assault. I mean, <laughs> the dude who, who just like either killed or assaulted a police officer, you know? And, uh, shot up a nightclub. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, I guess... Yeah, they're they're so intent on finding Reese. this car and not exactly. the dude it makes no who, sense. who killed people in the nightclub. Like, uh, so I know that she keeps saying that Cameron is a brilliant writer, and I, I agree with you. But then it's like the flip side is like these huge like plot holes. Well, maybe this like you know that movie, the other guys, the one with Wahlberg and um, Will Ferrell. Yeah, like, maybe there's like these other cops that we never see that are looking I, for the nightclub shooter. I guess we just yeah. never get to see them because yeah. they're not important. Yeah, that's all know. B-roll. Yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> but the, the police, they're scouring the parking garage. Sarah and Reese, they find another unlocked car and they get in. There were just a ton of police cars in the parking mm-hmm. garage at this point. But maybe there would be after after the big shootout. Like maybe yeah. it is like every fucking cop in the city is, you know, oh, sure. on the hunt for the people involved in this thing. Yeah, yeah. But Sarah wants to know why does the Terminator want to kill her? Like finally, I feel like we're halfway through the movie and we're finally getting to to the actual movie explaining what is going on here with the plot, right? Yeah. Uh, Reese explains, you know, there's going to be a nuclear war in a few years that's going to destroy the world. He's reloading his shotgun. He's telling her the history of the future. He's explaining, you know, these supercomputers they were entrusted to run the defense networks, but then the computers he says got smart and turned on their masters and. Uh, 
aim to wipe out like all humans. Mm. It's like a super sophisticated concept, especially I feel like for that year, like of artificial intelligence. I mean, isn't that what the Matrix is? Yeah. Yeah. There was another awesome movie from around this same time, um, 1983, called War Games. Oh, yeah. They had the one with Matthew Broderick. Yeah, the Whopper. Where it was very, yeah, it was a similar plot, right? Of like a computer that's running the NORAD and everything Mm -hmm. like that. And like the computer would decide if we're launching the missiles or not. Um, But it's, was also another movie that was ahead of its time. Like, I feel like that was like the first time you ever saw the internet. Or yeah, like, like that he's using the phone on the modem. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy, like to hack into the video game companies or whatever. I mean, he used to pay phone. You remember? Early uh-huh. that? Yeah, he was like to, smart to get, as fuck. Yeah, to get some free calls or I something. I feel like, yeah, like he opened up the receiver and he like put a like Quarter a piece of foil or, or something. Yeah, he put like a uh, soda top can. That movie is fucking great as well. Yeah. Um, and crazy ahead of its time. Also, awesome. I love that. The movie. only way to win uh, is to not play the game. Yeah, man. <laughs> not, not to give to anything that. away. Global thermonuclear war. <laughs> That's like, yeah, awesome stuff. Um, so Reese, he goes to work hot wiring the car. This is like the third different method of hot wiring a car that we've seen in this movie so far. These dudes are well versed in hot wiring cars. Yeah. Um, so Sarah asks Reese, you know, if he saw the war. He says he grew up afterwards in the ruins. He says the machines rounded up all the survivors and they sent them to extermination camps. And then he shows her this barcode that he has like branded onto his arm. Yeah. Which is also like obvious like Holocaust yeah, I was sort about to of say, uh, imagery and everything. Cameron's like that. not not that I know that he's not Jewish, right? No, I don't think so. It's just a well thought out thing, you know, yeah. whatever. And I like the idea that the, these computers using barcodes. Although now it'd be like a QR code or something, right? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. But um, no, I dig that shit. So some survivors, he says, were kept alive to run the disposal units. But there was this one man who organized the survivors and taught him how to fight back against the machines. And he turned the tide of the war. And that dude's name was John Connor, Sarah's unborn son. She's getting a lot of information thrown at her in like the span of this all happened in what, like from like the time. Five, to- ten minutes? Yeah, the, yeah, from the time she went to the movies to right now. Was, <laughs> I mean, it's probably only been an hour or two that she's felt like she was out of the in movies. danger. Yeah. yeah. The, when I was watching with a fresh viewer, like the fre- the pers- that girl who had never seen the movie was like hooked at this point on the it's plot. She's like, is this just a great fucking plot, right? Now, the Terminator has arrived at the parking garage. He continues his search. He does this badass thing where he's like, scanning back and forth with his eyes or whatever. And I think Schwarzenegger said, you know, he thought it like the Terminator would sort of be like a surveillance camera Mm -hmm. or something like where he's just like sort of the eyes are tracking back and forth, always looking for the target. Um, Reese cranks up that car and the noise catches the attention of the Terminator. Terminator just opens fire as Reese squeals out of there. I mean, there's other, you're, I see you shrugging Mike and you're like frustrated, but why did he just automatically stop shooting at that car? Who the Terminator? Yeah. Terminator kills whoever, right? True, but... And maybe he doesn't care if it's her or not. So, not true, because he doesn't just roll down the street killing people, right? He goes after his target, and so <laughs> did he know that that was Sarah and Reese uh, in the car? Maybe he did a calculation where it's like, if there's he, a 5% chance that this is Sarah Connor, then it's worth opening fire. You know, he's like a... He's got a that, that Texas Instruments calculator built into his head, <laughs> the graphing calculator. <laughs> but so the chase is back on 
And I, I love the old school speeding up the video to make the chase scene faster. Yeah, I think you stole <laughs> that from like Mad Max. Movies. Yeah, yeah. They're exchanging gunfire. The Terminator is chasing them out onto the streets. The Terminator does a lot of shooting and missing, I felt like, in this movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, he's not, you know, the the type of shooter that like RoboCop is or something in other movies where a robot just never misses kind of. But I also think these are like really tough shots that the Terminator's taking. Like try to shoot from a moving car to hit someone in another moving car oh, but is like a difficult shot to make. Not for a Terminator. He's a robot. Well, like I have, I've always heard that they, I was watching some Navy SEALs type shit and they were saying like they were training snipers to take like sniper shots from a helicopter at a target, and they said, like, trying to hit a moving target from a helicopter is, like, the most difficult shot that there is that you can make. Because you're, like, on a moving platform, kind of, and you're shooting at something that's moving. Yeah. And it's just, like, real tough or whatever. But, you know, I don't really know what's more realistic. If it if it was that he never misses or if or if he misses sometimes just because you can't always hit I your mean, target. I mean, if RoboCop can shoot a dude in the nuts between a girl's dress, <laughs> then... then the Terminator can shoot dude, somebody in a moving car while moving. Mike, I don't know if I made you watch this, and I don't know if you've ever seen this, Kevin, but some fans made a clip of that that scene from RoboCop mm, where he shoots, like, the muggers are trying to attack that woman, and he shoots the dude in the dick yeah, or whatever, and then all these other muggers come out, and he's just shooting them all in the dick <laughs> <laughs> like as they all never, come out. Yeah. Dude, I will send you guys the link afterwards. It's incredible, but I've it is the that. most graphic, like, gruesome <laughs> thing. Someone spent a lot of money on prosthetic dicks on this thing because, like, the dicks are out, and they're, like, exploding. Okay. And this is, on, is this on YouTube? Someone, like, fans made it on YouTube. Oh, man. Yeah, dude, we'll find it. I'll send you guys the link. Yeah. It, it will change your whole outlook on things. <laughs> um, I mean, I think this clearly connects back to our previous uh, recording on this about whether there is an actual oh, yeah. accurate dick on the Terminator or not. <laughs> and I think based oh, on this man. conversation, probably not. <laughs> now, the chase is continuing. Reese tells Sarah to take the wheel. He climbs out the window of this car to take a better shot. And I saw an interview with Michael Bean where he said, like, only later on did he realize just how dangerous this shit was that he was that they were having him do. Oh, that was really him. That was him, like, hanging out the, like, sort of sitting out the window and shooting across the roof of the car. You know, like, I mean, I'm sure they had him strapped in or sure. something, but still. And like, I, they, something could happen. You're hanging out the roof, the window of a I car. I guarantee they were not going as fast as what they look like they're going. Nah, they but still, they might have been going 25 or 30. Like, sure, you know, yeah. Fast enough to be unsafe. I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think actors back then were, you know, I, if you ever look at like a Jackie Chan interview and he's talking about like the early days of filmmaking for him mm-hmm. where he did all his stunts and I'm sure he still does. Right. And like, like that stuff was real. Right. Like that's just what actors, that's what just actors did. And Michael Bean has always seemed like that kind of actor who is like, I'm actually surprised he even said anything about it that was scary because he seems like the kind of actor that would be all in it and yeah. would have no problem hanging out of a window, shooting a gun. Well, I feel like back in this day, like the sort of grindhouse era day, and you're on like low budget, that actors were probably just were, felt like they were expected to do as much sure. as they could on their own, you know? Um, so they're they're shooting back and forth, right? Reese shoots out the windshield of the police car, and I feel like it's that shot that like maybe fucked up the Terminator's eye. Like, I feel like all this shattered glass flew in on him. Yeah, does he reel pellets, maybe? I think he reels back at that. Yeah. Point. Now... They're rapidly approaching this dead end, and Sarah calls out for Reese to get back inside the car. At the very last second, Sarah slams on the brakes and whips the car to a stop. 
Terminator just drives head on into this brick wall. It's like a spectacular crash. Yeah. Uh, there was no way that there was a human being in that car that drove into the wall. You oh, know like, I mean? even like a they must actor. have had that thing just rigged up sure. on a cable or a or a remote control or some shit. Because sure. that was a crazy crash. I don't know. There's some crazy stuff out there. <laughs> Not me, I might. Uh, ain't that Not crazy. Not me, Bob. <laughs> uh, so more police show up. And Reese is sort of struggling to get the car started back up. Reese is like Sarah's trying to stop him or whatever, right? Because Reese wants to shoot it out with the police. Which is interesting because um, you'd think she wouldn't care, right? She really is grown attached to Reese, I guess. Yeah. I understand Reese not wanting her to fall into the police's hands. I get that, because, yeah. Because like, he can't protect her anymore. Well, is, yeah, it seems but like she, she should be, she should, yeah, she's very concerned for his safety. Yeah. I guess she believes that, she, I guess she believes him. Well, maybe she just doesn't want him to die, even if she doesn't believe his story, right? Yeah, even if he's just a crazy man, yeah. then maybe she has sympathy for him. Sure, yeah. Now, what's crazy is the police get there, they take Reese and Sarah into custody and they go to check out the other car and the car's empty now. The Terminator's gone. Uh, 20, Why? 20 police, right? Am I, yeah. 20 police there. And, I would, the, yeah. and the six foot four, 280 pound muscle bound man walks away. No one noticed. And not unnoticed. I'm more like questioning why did he walk away? Why didn't he just go after Sarah? Why didn't he kill Sarah? Yeah. Why did he stop and flee? What does he care about the police, right? Yeah, that's a, what, what, 20 police are going to stop him? Yeah. No. The only thing I can think of is that he was damaged, and maybe he didn't think he could he could operate at 100%. That's the only reason I, yeah, I think could that, think he did that. the only thing I feel like that makes sense is that maybe he feels like his chances of defeating all the police if he's got a gimp, like his one arm doesn't work or something, or his, and he can't he blow, see he didn't have good an eye, anymore, yeah. is that, that he won't be successful. He'd rather regroup. I think he went back to think about his life choices. I think he was like, <laughs> look, I, I'm a Terminator. I'm shooting in a moving car. I should be able to hit these humans. And I've been shooting for 20 minutes, missing them every time. I don't think I'm good at my job. I got to reassess. Like, I've got a work. <laughs> I've got a working dick. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like I should be putting my efforts forward. You know, I'm in, I'm in LA. It's the early eighties. There's the porn industry. <laughs> I just had an idea, and as soon as I had an idea, I was like, I know it won't work, but I'll throw it out there anyway. Why wouldn't you program a Terminator to explode? Oh, like to self-destruct? To self-destruct oh, like and, like, and take out the person that he's with. But if you did that, he'd only get one chance, right? Because so if he, yeah, if he yeah. got the wrong Sarah, then mm. the, he couldn't. But that'd be the mission anymore. They, right? they should have that capability, like the predator or whatever. Self, like yeah, if you're like ever like cornered or whatever, if you're like facing certain defeat, then you self-destruct. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, as we see in the Terminator Two, right? Like he says, "I'm I I'm programmed. I can't self-terminate." Yeah. Um, but you're right. If it was the difference in killing your target, I would think you should be able to do it. Yeah, you can't self-destruct. Like you can't blow yourself up, but you could blow yourself up if you were killing your target. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had one other thought that came to me while we were talking about maybe why he fled is maybe he spent all of his weapons, right? Like he had no bullets left or he had shot every bullet from every gun that he had on him. He strangled her. Broke her yeah. Neck. He could have, he could have torn those police limb from limb. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, um, I, yeah. It, that's again, 
it goes back to the brilliant writing, but then major plot holes. There's a little, yeah. <laughs> but I never thought about it until this viewing of the movie. Like, really wondered why he didn't just stick around and kill her. Because he's right there, right? He, yeah, his car is right there. He's like, he, he could have easily torn just, the door off that car. And he could have easily, and they were, police weren't even close, right? They were like, they were there like a minute later or something like that. They and they were up. there pretty far away when they stopped, right? Yeah. He no, could have just walked out the car and just went over to Sarah and just snapped her <laughs> neck in the movie. But he didn't do that, thank God. Yeah. Because now we got more movie to talk about. And a whole franchise. <laughs> so so later on at the police station, Detective Traxler, he's given Sarah a cup of coffee. He's got his partner with him there, Vukovic, and this new character, who we don't know who that is yet. Uh, Sarah, it seems like, has just learned that Ginger and Matt got killed. Well, um, I had, like, fucking forgotten about them <laughs> by this point in the movie. I'm like, oh, yeah, Ginger and Matt. Yeah. I guess that did just happen. Uh, yeah. That yeah. would tear Sarah up to learn about yeah. it, right? Yeah, she she loved those two. They were, like, brother and sister to her, right? Yeah, and basically. She loved them. So, Traxler, so she's really messed up by that. Traxler introduces her to this new guy, Dr. Silberman, played by the actor Earl Bowen. He's a criminal psychologist. This dude gives a fucking incredible performance, doesn't he? <laughs> he? He definitely has fun with it, for sure. Yeah, man. He's, like, just going for it. Is is he in all the Terminator movies? I know he's in the first two. He's in two. He is he might in, turn up I think in three he's in, in a I know cameo. He's in, yeah, he's in three also. Yeah, I think he shows up, like, when they're at the graveyard yep. or some shit. Yeah, he's like an Easter egg. But I, I don't guess. think he's in any others. He oh. probably aged out, you know? Um, So, they want... Sarah to tell them everything that's happened and she's basically like you know is Reese crazy and they say well that's what we're going to find out so elsewhere we see the damaged Terminator he's gone back to his hotel room through the through the fire escape his right hand is like malfunctioning he performs this sort of repairs on the inner workings of his forearm this is some pretty nasty effects yeah like we talked earlier about how Watching this as kids, you were like, damn, this yeah. shit's nasty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like when he's got fan. the X-Acto knife and he's like poking around and there's yeah, all this like blood and mechanics yeah. and stuff. Um, I mean, honestly, it's that kind of stuff that really, really sticks with you. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, especially when you're a kid. Yeah. Great movie overall, but it's really those kind of scenes that really like you remember. Yeah, for sure. Now, back at the police station, Dr. Silberman, he's interviewing Reese in the interrogation room. Reese is explaining he's a soldier from the future. He serves under John Connor in a war against the computer defense system called Skynet. It was built by Cyberdyne Systems for the Defense Department. I feel like it's just such a fully developed like concept sure. that James Cameron had about the every he had every company's name already, you know, picked mm-hmm. out and stuff like that. Silverman is sort of goading Reese. He's like saying, and this computer thinks it can kill the mother of its enemy, you know, killing him in effect before he's conceived. He calls it retroactive abortion. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of being a dick. <laughs> yeah, no, I think he's like baiting Stay Reese, on the, right? the, the dick. <laughs> Momentum. Vukovic is like watching and cracking up as they're like doing this, but Traxler seems a little intrigued. There was like these deleted scenes where Traxler was like inclined to believe Reese and mm-hmm. Sarah, mm-hmm. like, and everyone else was skeptical, but all that shit got cut out, I think, just to make the movie move faster. So... Silverman is asking, uh, why doesn't Skynet just kill John Connor in the future? And Reese is explaining, you know, that we've already dealt, like, the fatal blow to Skynet. So killing Connor in the future is not going to make a difference anymore. They had to, like, erase his entire existence. Mm -hmm. 
a fucking great premise, man. Yeah. I keep saying it, but sorry. Uh, so Reese explains, you know, that they had captured Skynet's time displacement equipment after the Terminator had already been sent through. So John Connor sent Reese through to protect Sarah, and then they just they were going to destroy the time machine as soon as he went through. You know, so no one else could come through. You know, a movie about time travel, they don't really focus on the time travel machine that much in these in movies. In this particular movie? In this, or any of them, There's really. There's no, like... That seems like a, a huge weapon, right? Like, if you're fighting a war and you have a time machine... But you know what I'm saying, right? That's a... Ma- that's yeah, but you, more like, you sometimes a- wonder if you had gone back and whatever, killed this person or that person, like, you don't know if it might somehow make things worse. I just feel like a movie about time travel doesn't really talk about the time travel machinery. Like, and I feel like how it works. No, they yeah. never explain. But I mean, I think it's because there's no real way to make it work. I sure. Guess. Yeah, I guess. But every other, like you know, there's the um, the uh, Black of the Future. There's the what's we call it the um, the DeLorean. DeLorean. Like the you know every but they time. They don't explain tra- like how it works. Oh, the flux capacitor was, I believe, very well explained. <laughs> it's triangular. Exactly. <laughs> I I find myself thinking that the good guys should have like sent a few more guys through. Yeah. You know, not just Reese by himself. Like maybe send through. Oh, but they couldn't because I think when Reese went through, they blew the. Well, they yeah, blew up the. Then they blew it up after they sent him through. But like you could have sent through a few more guys. Well, sent five in and then yeah. blew it up. Yeah. Well. It's crazy, like, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I did see where, like, in the original draft of the script, they had sent through two humans, and, like, one of the dudes, the second dude who wasn't Reese, like, he materialized, like, in the fire escape with, like, all the rods and ladders oh. up in the fire escape where, like, he was, like, skewered on this thing <laughs> and died been... right there on the scene. I shouldn't laugh. That would have been fucking crazy. That would have been cool. Because then it would show that the machine wasn't perfect. and But I think in trying to cut money... You know, they were like, "Well, this is just an unnecessary." Sure, thing. Right, that would have been. But it's a, a, such a cool idea. That would have been really cool. So back at the Terminator's hotel room, he's like removing his ruptured eyeball, and we see he's got this glowing red eye underneath. It was fucking nasty, man. This was like one of the things where the special effects were a little bit lacking, like that the the Schwarzenegger puppet head, you know, yeah, it just was did bad. not look lifelike. At all, <laughs> I, it, it didn't age well. I should say. I'm sure that when it came out, it was like it was awesome, probably as but, good as you could get in 1984, yeah, but, right? But, yeah, but they have made Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> yeah, but was there ever a human puppet head that looked good in any of those? I guess what I'm trying to say is this was more of a budgetary thing than it was yeah. the effects weren't available. Yeah, it was just a little wonky. Yeah. Yeah, those shots are the shakiest in the movie. But I did see where, like, the hands that you see moving around, like, and doing shit are Arnold's real hands. No. They, mm-hmm. like, couldn't they couldn't find another, like, a hand double for Arnold. His hands were, like, too jacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Muscular or whatever. I, I, I will say that, and basing this off of T2 also... Like Cameron is like a like a loves film, right? And loves the the magic of filmmaking. So he would do stuff like have a fake puppet head, but have like the real actor's hands. Oh yeah, doing stuff instead I feel of like he's like that Peter Jackson type yeah. dude. Like he knows all the tricks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like how to because he grew up doing special effects sure. and stuff. Like he knows all the tricks. Like a lot of in camera type of effects. Yeah, dude, it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um. So Terminator. Throws on a pair of sunglasses to hide his eye, uh, and he adjusts his hair <laughs> and walks out. I always remember the hair moment. Like, he was, like, concerned about his appearance. Or <laughs> um, those sunglasses were, like, I feel like iconic, the gargoyle sunglasses. They were, like, those shits were hot, like, in the early 80s. 
Dirty Harry wore those same sunglasses really? in one of the movies. Yeah, in one of the sequels or whatever. Those things are still available. The same that same model. I mean, they're badass glasses. I feel like it'd be cool to like step out wearing those now. Yeah. So the Terminator he collects some more guns from this arsenal that he has under the mattress, and he climbs back out the window. So back at the police station, Sarah is watching the tape of the Reese interview with Silverman, Traxler, and Vukovic. Silverman is asking Reese why he didn't bring any like futuristic tech with him. And Reese is explaining that nothing dead can pass through something. He says something about the field generated by a living organism. Another like amazing bit of ex- back and forth where Silberman's asking him like, well, why? And, and Reese is like, I don't, I didn't build the fucking thing. <laughs> I feel, I feel like this is uh Cameron talking to himself. Like, yeah, how do I explain all this stuff? Well, it's great. Right. Cause you, yeah, this dude, he wouldn't know. Yeah. The machines built this shit, right? Like it's we- though. How weird is it that the machines build a time machine that only living things could go through? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seriously, right? Do you think he's like as he's writing this? He's like, I'm trying to imagine the biggest like nerd that is watching this movie who might poke holes, and then I try to he's address thinking, those in the exposition. He's like 38 years from now. Yeah, so, he, so he totally didn't expect this uh, podcast, talking, right? Picking it apart. <laughs> the other thing is, except in the sequels, right, where these liquid metal Terminators are coming through, no problem. But maybe that's a different. Still, yeah. Maybe that's a newer and improved time machine or something. Yeah, yeah different, metal different future. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, he has no organic. Uh, yeah, none of the Terminators after him. other than the T800 are all like that girl. What was she? She was liquid metal with like a oh, she was liquid with, metal a, also? with a skeleton underneath. Yeah, so she could like sort of split herself into two Terminators. Yeah, he, you know he didn't care, man. It was just like make a movie. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think he liked that liquid metal idea so much that he's like, Fuck I mean, it. can you blame him? Like, no, look that, at that. that, was that special effects man. was awesome. Um, but yeah, so the Terminator in this movie, the Terminator is able to pass through right because he's covered in living tissue. So Silverman, he's marvels at how clever Reese's story is. He's like saying, you know, this story doesn't require any proof. Some, whatever, most paranoid delusions are intricate, but this one's brilliant. On the video, Reese is explaining that most of the records were lost in the war, that all that Skynet knew about Sarah is that she lived in Los Angeles. So the deaths of the other Sarah Connors, they were just collateral damage. So what do the... But here's the thing. What do the police think is going on here? Do they think that Reese killed the other Sarahs? That's a good question. I don't, I don't get the If they sense. don't think he killed the other Sarahs, then yeah. they should be looking for the Sarah killer. I, yeah, I don't think that he's a suspect. Yeah, I think I don't think so either. They should be looking for the, it doesn't, the phone book killer. Yeah, it doesn't or whatever, feel right? that way, right? Yeah I, yeah, I never thought about that. But yeah, it doesn't feel like they're thinking he's the suspect in all the killings. They just know they that just they know need he's to, mixed up in it, I guess. He's just mixed up in it somehow, and they just need to keep her safe, right? So, yeah, again, I don't know why they're not. I mean, in the real world, they would probably have a, a unit that's out looking for the, the phone book killer, right? And there but, probably is. There probably is. Like I just don't talk about it in the movie. Whatever is doing it. Yeah. But anyways, Reese gets frustrated. He's fed up with Silverman's questions. He says, I need to see Sarah Connor. Then he says, this is another one of those great James Cameron lines. It's like, you still don't get it, do you? He'll find her. That's what he does. That's all he does. I was going to say a couple seconds ago, do you think that this movie is great because of the story, or do you think it's great because of the actors? This moment from Michael Bean is incredible. Like Some of these lines, I feel like they definitely cast the right dude right, mm-hmm. to play Reese. 
yeah, it's hard to imagine what it would be like with other actors, but I think the story is so good. Like, if you cast, cast competent actors, it would have been an awesome movie. Sure, because this movie is, like, you take one step this way or one step that way, this could have been just one of some B movie from the 80s, right? But yeah, like, if it wasn't James Cameron, if it was, like, and they didn't want him to... The studios liked the movie, but they didn't want him to direct it. So, like, if you threw some other shitty director at it, yeah, like it could have easily turned out, yeah, horrible, right? It's definitely a diamond in the rough, especially if you had the studio like trying to cut costs and stuff like that, you know, or like, do we really need this? Do we really need like yeah. maybe we should, you know, make it add more jokes? Maybe we should make it funnier, yeah, or whatever. Like a million ways it could have gone wrong. So they they got a bunch of filmmakers who love film and did it all for the right reasons. I think. I mean, it feels like it was the right storyline for the right cast of of actors. Like, and I think that's what's so interesting about this sort of being so early in Schwarzenegger's career, right? It's like he's not he's not charismatic like he is, you know, arguably in some of his later movies, like where he can actually be yeah. kind of funny and, and and play that role. Like it's a very, yeah. very straight, you know, very like limited bandwidth, but it works so well for him. But I, yeah, I just I feel like he's I couldn't imagine physically. It. I think he, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say I couldn't imagine it with like a different ca- cast of of actors. Like it just feels like that was the right group for this storyline. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I feel like physically Schwarzenegger has got charisma. Like he mm-hmm. just has presence on screen. But you're right. Like as a performer, as an actor, he I think he was still trying to figure it out mm-hmm. what what his strengths and weaknesses were. And he doesn't even show off his physicality in this movie, right? Like, he doesn't Not have a, a shirt off, or he doesn't wear, like, tight yeah, shirts. Yeah, only when he or... first showed up, right? Yeah, o- yeah other was... than that part, yeah. Yeah, so, Reese, he begins describing, like, in detail about how the Terminator will kill Sarah, <laughs> and, like, and how they are not going to be able to stop it. And Traxler's, like, telling Silverman to please turn the tape off. Where he's like saying, you know, he's going to reach down her throat and he's going to rip her fucking heart out. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. And he's sort of struggling to find the pause button or whatever. And he's like, sorry about that. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, which is funny enough. The Terminator wouldn't even do that. He'd just shoot her, right? <laughs> and then, like, yeah, it's like Reese is starting to like fight with the police officers yeah. or whatever. But so Sarah's like, asked, so is Reese crazy? And Silverman says, you know, in technical terminology, he's a loon. <laughs> and I, I mean, I guess they would have to think that, right? Because what's the alternative that he's right about everything? That would be so much more far fetched than that he's crazy. Yeah, yeah, you're. I don't know. Yeah, they couldn't. They couldn't be like, yeah, there's a guy from the future. So they could to, never. Yeah, they could never write that in our police report. Sure. Right. Yeah. Like we we, we, we turned Sarah and Reese loose because because uh, he's the right. Future <laughs> robot was after him. You know. Yeah. Um. But so this is the moment. This is kind of great. Traxler shows Sarah this bulletproof vest. And he says, you know, this other individual must have been wearing one of these, which like the other individual, I feel like the, you mean the dude who you should be looking for <laughs> right now, right? The dude who is like actually trying to kill the actual Sarah. murderer. <laughs> um, and then she's like, well, what about when he punched through the windshield? And Vukovic is like, oh, he's probably on PCP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Broke every bone in his hand. He wouldn't feel it for hours. There was this guy once. You see this scar? <laughs> and, uh, Tracks like cuts them off. Yeah. Henriksen was awesome. There's a lot of moment. like uh, subtle comedy in this. Yeah. in this film, I love that. It's awesome. Um, yeah, so he, Traxler tries to urge Sarah to please try to get some sleep. You know, while you wait for your mother to arrive. Sarah says she doesn't think she's going to be able to sleep, but Traxler assures her, you know, you're perfectly safe here. We've got 30 cops in this building. He says, "Fucking good luck with that." Yeah, right? seriously. That fucking famous last words, man. Yeah, seriously. Um, it's kind of like the uh, like the 
the mother saying, oh, I love you. And you know, she's yeah. dead, right? Oh, it's like, Don't worry, I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, let's, let's split up. Oh, you are, you're so dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But that's a great place to leave it because uh, we got the film's probably most iconic moment uh, just right around the corner. So we will get to that next week and we hope you will join us. Thanks for listening. Thanks to all of our uh, fans on the Last of the Action Heroes podcast network for listening also. And uh, if you love what we're doing, check out some of the other podcasts on the network. They're similarly amazing and awesome. That'll do it for this week, and we'll be back. All right, talk to you later. Yeah.